Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Congratulations, you found us. The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. And before we get into the, uh, the doom and gloom, a little good news. Very pleased to welcome another affiliate to The Conspiracy Show. K-B-E-L-A-M-1240, and I hope I pronounced this uh, town or city correctly, Ida Bell, K-B-E-L-A-M-1240 in Ida Bell, Oklahoma. That is, I believe, our first affiliate in the great state of Oklahoma, the Sooner State, and uh, to all the folks at K-B-E-L-A-M-1240 in Ida Bell, thanks for making The Conspiracy Show part of your station schedule. And... Here's why I think this show and shows like it are so important. I mean, let's be honest. Much of what we talk about on this program is virtually ignored by the mainstream press. You may even be ridiculed by your friends, your family, colleagues, for giving anything you hear on this show any credence. Maybe you're discussing what you heard on the program around the water cooler and your colleague slowly backs out of the room, his eyes rolling back in his head. Now, I, I know right now I'm virtually, I'm preaching to the choir. Most of the people who listen to this program give credence to what we talk about. You know that what gets discussed on this program is a closer approximation of reality than, than what's being spoon-fed to the, the populace on the nightly news, for example. But something is starting to happen. Not sure if it started with Edward Snowden blowing the whistle on the illegal activities of the NSA, but now... Very slowly, albeit grudgingly, I suspect, some of the mainstream press is starting to pick up on these things we discuss on this show. Granted, they're looking in the rearview mirror, and they're very late to the dance. I mean, so late that the band has left, and the only one left in the high school gymnasium is the janitor sweeping up the confetti and the party streamers. But let me give you an example. Earlier this week, the Washington... um, Times, it was the Washington Times, they published a story about a study conducted by a couple of universities that found America is no longer a democracy, never mind the Democratic Republic envisioned by the Founding Fathers. Rather, the study found, it's been, it's taken a turn down elitist lane, as they called it, and become a country led by a small, dominant class comprised of powerful members who exert total control over the general population, an oligarchy according to this new study, jointly conducted by Princeton and Northwestern universities. One finding in the study, the U.S. government now represents the rich and powerful, not the average citizen, United Press International reported. Oh, stop the presses. This is all new to us. We didn't know this, did we? In the study, testing theories of American politics, elites, interest groups, and average citizens, Researchers compared 1,800 different U.S. policies that were put in place by politicians between 1981 and 2002 to the type of policies preferred by the average and wealthy American, or special interest groups. Researchers then concluded the U.S. policies are formed more by special interest groups than by politicians properly representing the will of the general people, including the lower income class. Quote, the central point that emerges from our research is that Economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while mass-based interest groups and average citizens have little or no independent influence, the study found. 
The study also found when a majority of citizens disagrees with economic elites and or with organized interests, they generally lose. Duh. <laughs> They're just figuring this out now. I mean, we've been talking about the unelected oligarchs for a decade and a half. But tonight and for the next hour, I'll see your oligarchy and I'll raise you. Let's try tyranny. Yes, the United States is certainly run in large part by unelected oligarchs. But they're foot soldiers who do their bidding, which includes certain members of the U.S. Congress, but also certain parties in the White House and many or most branches of the U.S. government, I believe are marching inexorably and not so imperceptibly anymore towards tyranny. What is tyranny? According to Webster's, tyranny is an arbitrary or unrestrained exercise of power, despotic abuse of authority, the government or rule of a tyrant or absolute ruler, a state ruled by a tyrant or absolute ruler, oppressive or unjustly severe government on the part of any ruler, undue severity or harshness. Which brings us to the case of Clive and Bundy, the Nevada rancher who has managed to run afoul of the U.S. Bureau of Land Management, which says Bundy, or who says, Bundy owes more than a million dollars in grazing fees and fines and other penalties to the U.S. government. So the Bureau of Land Management and heavily armed federal agents surrounded his ranch, confiscated his cattle, until sympathetic citizens from across the United States, including certain militia groups, came to Nevada, some of them armed, stared down the BLM and federal agents, and then fearing a massacre or a bloodletting, the feds blinked and returned the cattle, which is essentially where it stands for now. Now, I'm not sure how you feel about this case. Clive and Bundy may have had your support until he made certain comments to a New York Times reporter, which appeared on the surface to be racist, and we'll get into that. But many people are very, very concerned that the actions of the Bureau of Land Management and federal agents have crossed the line into a total abuse of power, tyranny. People are starting to see a pattern now. Another example of oppressive or unjustly severe government. And this situation on the Bundy Ranch is, as I say, not over yet. It could still devolve into a tragedy. Another Ruby Ridge. Another Waco. And a lot of people are saying, enough is enough. I thought David Kupelian wrote an outstanding article on this very matter this week for WorldNet Daily, entitled Harry's War. Harry refers to Senator Harry Reid, the senior senator from Nevada, and he's also the majority leader in the U.S. Senate. Of course, he's been very vocal in condemning Clive and Bundy and the Bundy family. We'll uh, also get into whether or not there may be an ulterior motive there. Anyway, I decided it would be great to get David Kupelian on the program to discuss. And for those of you who are not familiar with his work, David's an award-winning journalist, managing editor of WorldNet Daily, an editor of Whistleblower Magazine. He's a widely read online columnist. He's also the best-selling author of The Marketing of Evil and How Evil Works. David, how are you? I'm very well, Richard, and glad to be on your show. Likewise. Uh, delighted to have you on the program. I'm a regular reader, and uh, I, I, I enjoy your work. Now, let's give people a thumbnail sketch or a, a brief timeline of when this showdown at the Bundy Ranch began. And if you could sort of mention some of the more poignant um, uh, issues at hand here. Well, it's full of poignant issues at hand, and that's one of the remarkable things about the storm that we call this Bundy standoff, because, you know, uh, just uh, like a, a week ago, I guess it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, 
you mentioned about Waco and Ruby Ridge in 1992 and 93. These were horrible uh, you know, government overreaches that in the case of Waco resulted in, you know, 70 or 80 deaths, fiery deaths of women and children because of an, you know, idiotic government overreach. So, you know, nobody really wants that to happen again, or do they? And, uh, that, that's the, that's the question I raise in this article because you talk about a timeline. This is not what it seems. What we're being told is that we have to bring out, you know, a couple hundred federal agents armed with automatic weapons, snipers, sharpshooters, snarling dogs, tasering people, because an old rancher has fallen behind in his grazing fees and there's some tortoises we need to protect. Does anyone really believe that that's what this is about? I don't believe it is, okay? And there have been so many different plots that have been woven into this. If, if Janine Pirro, the judge that has a, uh, uh, she has a weekend show on Fox, she had a absolutely terrific opening segment. If your listeners just Google, uh, you know, Janine Pirro, Harry Reid, they'll watch this 12-minute uh, segment. Now, this lady is a former prosecutor. She's a sharp gal, and she, she calls him Dirty Harry, and she basically explains the whole business about Harry Reid's son-in-law being in a firm that represents a Chinese company that wants to develop the largest solar energy complex in America right there in Nevada, and that the tortoises, when you're going to do something where you've got protected species, you have to have a mitigation area, and that I'm just making this really brief, that where Bundy's cattle were on this federal you know, BLM land, okay, is what they had designated as the mitigation area. Now, that's where we're going to let the tortoises be in order to have this big, the, this biggest solar energy complex in America, in Nevada. And then it just turns out, and she cited the documents that have been taken down from the BLM site that explicitly state that, that where, you know, Bundy's cattle are, this is where. So that is one plot. There's a half a dozen other plots in here that are crazy, including, you know, well, is, let's deal with racism. Is Cliven Bundy a racist? Now, first of all, I have to say, who cares? Supposing, by the way, I don't think he is. Nor do okay? I. Nor do I. We, I, I, I want to get into that you, a little bit later in, if, in detail. If you, if you listen to the unedited tape, okay, it was a press conference. It's not just what the New York Times said. Watch the actual tape and see what they took out. And by the way, if your listeners Google Harry's War, okay, they will go to my article. That's all they have to do. Harry's War, or right, you know, Harry Reid, Harry's War, you know, Harry's War, Clive and Bundy. You'll get to it. And at the bottom of that article, I have both videos, the unedited and the edited video that ended up on Media Matters and the New York Times. And you can see, that's all you need to know. Watch both, take you a few minutes, and you will see those so-and-sos. I'm going to keep my language clean here, okay? How dare they? They knew when he said this, that he was not racist, that he was trying to elevate blacks. It's very clear. He's making comments like, we don't want to go back to the old days when this and that. They cut that out because it ruins their story. These yeah. are nasty. I've been in the media for 30 years. These are nasty people you're talking about. They wanted to make him a racist because it fits their narrative. Well, yeah, granted, I mean, some of the language he uses is from a, of an, a bygone era and good riddance to that. You know, his, his language is questionable, but if we start, you know, abandoning of people because we don't like the words they use and quite frankly he could have used different language but he's he's an old he comes from a different generation and as you say when you actually see the the entire comments he says some wonderful things uh you know praising 
Hispanics, even the illegal am- immigrants that come from, from Mexico. The music is coming up here. I, I don't believe it's a racist. We'll get into that. We'll uh, also take some calls in the matter. But I, I want to talk about why the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, is deciding to go this route rather than, you know, merely put a lien on his property or on his, right. on his estate and so forth. We'll do that. David Kapilian from WorldNet Daily as we talk about showdown at the Bundy Ranch here in The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, welcome back. David Kapelian is with us. He's the managing editor of WorldNet Daily, an editor of Whistleblower Magazine, and the author of the best-selling The Marketing of Evil and How Evil Works. We're talking about the Clive and Bundy saga, which continues in Nevada. This is the uh, Nevada rancher who I guess his family started ranching in the late uh, 40s, early 50s, and they were paying these grazing fees to the, the government because the government owns most of the land in Nevada. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but it's, I believe it's well over 50% of the land owned it's by over the government. 80%. 80%. So they were paying these grazing fees, so much per head, about a, a buck fifty a head, I think, uh, to graze, and they paid for 20 years, from 1973 to 1993. And then, as I understand it, David, you correct me, the government started putting restrictions on. They basically drove all the ranchers out of business. They said you can only have 150 head of cattle or something like that. So all of a sudden, the Bundys are the only ones left in the area ranching. So what happened? Uh, what's happened, you know, since 1993? Yeah, honestly, Richard, I haven't followed that part of the story that closely. I, I know that they have contested this in court, and they have lost every court uh, you know, every every development in that court case. So, uh, you know, what it comes down to is that there is a valid constitutional and natural law case that they should be grandfathered in, uh, that they have this, this you know, like, like a, you know, grandfathered rights to this property. Uh, if you watch, like, um, who's the judge, Andrew Napolitano, he right. absolutely says constitutionally, uh, he, he sides with Bundy here, okay? However, the courts have not... But that brings you then to, all right, let's say, you know, we, we have to have a court system, and so they've, they've judged this way. Why don't they just go and slap a lien on his property, and therefore, say they say he owes a million dollars. That's a lot of grass, I think, you know. But anyway, he owes a million dollars right. in grazing fees, and if he sells the property, that gets taken off the top with interest, okay? If not, when he dies, the government gets paid off, off the top. Why don't they handle it that way? And, exactly. Yeah, even if know, that, the courts are right, there is a way to handle this. But instead, what did the Bureau of Land Management do with their federal agents? <laughs> they went and they said, well, we're going to physically extract this judgment uh, that he hasn't willingly paid uh, for the grazing fees. And so they sent out their team armed. All the stories we hear about with uh, this federal agencies uh, buying all this ammunition, I guess this is what it's for now. They're going out and hassling this old old farmer here who thinks who's got a he's a very principled guy and he think he says i'm happy to pay the grazing fees to clark county nevada or the state of nevada i don't believe it's proper the federal government okay maybe he's wrong maybe he's right it's you can argue this both ways in court it doesn't seem like you need you know you need to send uh, you know swat teams out as though you're you're attacking al-qaeda you know, and that's what they did. They're, they were killing some of his cattle. They're basically trying to take the cattle and sell the cattle to pay the fee, but they ended up killing some of them. We had all these photographs, <laughs> grizzly photographs on WND, you know, showing that, oh, whoops, oh, yeah, I guess we did run over some of these cattle here. 
it's just a nightmare. But again, it's like, what is what is the real thinking? What's the real motivation behind all this? This is not a proper way to do this. If 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 a guy you know doesn't pay his parking tickets, you don't come out and like you know burn down his house and 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 uh, you know steal all his property. It, it's overreach, you know, proportionality. Those are understatements. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, this was the main point that I was bringing out, which is one thing that very few people of anybody, I may be the only one who's really developed the idea of wanting to provoke right-wing violence. People talk about, you know, Waco and Ruby Ridge. Both of those horrible tragedies involve some alleged infraction of the law. I think in both cases they had to do with firearms violations. They were very minor. I mean, the the thing with Randy Weaver was that he was supposed to have, you know, sold, I forget the details, sold a, a shotgun that was, the barrel was cut like an inch too short. I don't think that's a hanging offense. Okay, yes, it's a violation of federal firearms laws, but it's not like he's a, he's a terrorist, okay? And they ended up, as your listeners probably know, they, they shot his wife to death. She's standing in a the doorway. They, she's holding an infant, and they shoot her to death. They shot his son his 14-year-old son, they shot his dog, and for what? It was out of control, and uh, the government had to settle with the Weavers. The government, by, by all accounts, left, right, and center, the government was wrong, 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 uh, way out of line in what they did. It was a huge embarrassment for the government. Why do we handle things like this? You know, you can deal with things in an angry, crazy way, or you can deal with things with wisdom. And restraint, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I, I think most people listening would agree, yeah, that's the way you deal with things. If, you have a, if a policeman stops a, a driver, you know, you don't need to necessarily uh, kill that driver if he's reaching for his wallet, you know? he. Oh, I thought he was going for a gun. Well, no, he wasn't going for a gun. He was going for his wallet to show you his license, which you're asking him for. Uh, we, we need to have wisdom and training and self-control and restraint. I'm not faulting the police personnel out there. They were they were doing their job following orders, okay? But I believe, and I, again, if your listeners will go and look up the article, Harry's were, I've got the whole background there to make the case that the left, and that is who is running America right now, is the left, okay, have a vested interest. They have something to gain in having right-wing, quote-unquote, violence break out. We're always hearing about Timothy McVeigh, who, you know, they say, well, you know, he was a Christian, and he, you know, we were tired of hearing about Muslim terrorism. He was a Christian, and he went and he killed 160, 170 people in Oklahoma. By the way, he was not a Christian. He was a white guy, and he was not a Muslim, so therefore they say he was a Christian. He was not, by any stretch, a Christian. But that's another story. But if you look at the fact that we are constantly hearing down here in the states that the Tea Party are racist and violence without a, even a single shred of evidence. We had the 2009 uh, Department of Homeland Security report that warned that pro-lifers, people with Ron Paul bumper stickers, uh, returning war veterans, people who own gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all all these people who are basically normal, uh, traditional centrist to conservative traditional Americans are somehow extremist and terrorist. This is crazy talk, okay? Just like they said that, you know, Occupy Wall Street was like, this was a good thing. But the Tea Party, 
the tea party, which are like soccer moms and, and grandmothers that are out there picking up the litter after the protest so that the, you know, the, the state doesn't have to come and pick up the litter. This is the epitome of Norman Rockwell America to be demonized as terrorists. The Tsarnaev brothers that, that, that did the Boston Marathon bombing a year ago. There was actually the mainstream media that were trying to make them out to be right-wingers. You had James... Holmes, the Aurora uh, movie theater shooter, the right. Batman shooter, okay? Right. So you have ABC News uh, live saying, wow, there is a James Holmes in the state of Colorado who's a member of the Tea Party. So maybe the Tea Party responsible, you know, James Holmes is a kind of a common name. There are probably 300 James Holmeses in, in, in Colorado. So they find one utterly irresponsible. And then, yes, they backed off and they apologized, but, but, there is an instinct, there is a motive to demonize the right, the Tea Party, the conservatives as being terrorists because this, Richard, is part of their narrative. Well, let me give you another example. The right. Let me give you another example, uh, uh, David. Peter Bergen, who is the CNN's uh, national security analyst, and he's director at the New American Foundation, and he wrote an article recently saying that the U.S. right-wing extremists are more deadly than jihadists. And so that, you know, again, this is, uh, as you say... Uh, well, yeah, this... and Harry Reid. Harry yes. Reid called the, the Bundy people domestic terrorists. You know, and I say in my article, I say, you know, don't we kill terrorists? That's what we're trying to kill terrorists, right? Right, right. Democrat, Republican, that's, yeah, they're terrorists. We want, to, we want to put them in Guantanamo or put them in a casket. That's what we do, right? Well, so you are, this is the height of irresponsibility. I mean, nobody fired a shot. Okay, because you are an American citizen and you legally own a gun, we do have something called the Second Amendment, which was not put there for hunting. Okay, uh, we, 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 these people are, are standing out there with firearms. This does not make them terrorists. Okay, and but so I, I, I'm saying that uh, you know if you look at like abortion clinics, I, I, I am totally. Uh, opposed to bombing abortion clinics. It happens about once every 10 years. Somebody goes out of control and bombs an abortion clinic. However, it does create really good PR for the, for the pro-choice side. They may, uh, they, they may complain about it, and they should complain. Everybody should complain about it. You don't go and bomb abortion clinics. Exactly. Okay? Yes. However, the, in the, the public relations arena, it does gather, um, a, 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 a cause uh, sympathy to accrue to their side. Uh, and so, from a, from a hardcore PR standpoint, they deep down it's it's good for them because because people more people are moving against the the the, the, the pro-choice side. More people are pro-life statistically. So, what is my point? My point is that when you have when when your opponents get out of control and and commit violent acts, the sympathy accrues to you. And I'm saying that part and parcel of the left-wing progressive. Um, narrative is the word we use, is that people on the right, the people conservatives, Tea Partiers, are violent extremists. And we've seen this constantly. That, that DHS report, Department of Homeland Security, they came out in, 19, in, in 2009, right after Obama was inaugurated, and has been continual for the last five or six years that the right are terrorists, the right are terrorists. And here's Harry Reid over the weekend, the right... The, the Bundy people are terrorists, okay? And so I think it is not a stretch at all to say that there's something deep down, they won't admit it, that would like to see somebody on the right go crazy 
and fire because it would validate all of their not just their crazy narrative it would validate the 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 tyrannical agenda of gun control and confiscation and shutting down you know a, a conservative talk radio because they call it hate speech see that's the hate speech that caused these right-wing crazies to do this i'm telling you deep down these are not nice people they would love to see that happen because it serves their cause. Let's go back to the uh, the, uh, the events following the roundup of all of uh, the uh, the Bundy cattle and these people that came across the, from across the country. Some of them were from militia groups and so forth, and some of them were armed, and they had this standoff, this stare down uh, with the BLM agents and other armed federal agents. Walk me through what happened there. Well, uh, you know, it was very scary. You know, and I don't necessarily. Uh, you know, I, you, you see, you see this, these um, self-identified militia people there with their, uh, you know, their AR-15 type black rifles and stuff. And they, well, why are you armed? Well, we're armed because they're armed. Pointing to the government agents. Yeah, that is scary. Okay, I'm not in favor of having, you know, militia guys show up and start shooting. Now they didn't. Everybody had plenty of restraint, and the the federal agents had. Uh, they're snarling uh, German shepherds and all the rest of it. But, you know, you have to put this in context. This is in the context of Americans. Many, you know, about half of Americans that are not in favor of this progressive transformation of America are terribly upset, angry, frustrated, don't know what they can do. And here they are, like, hassling this cattle rancher, and it's way, way overreach. And so there's a natural tendency to want to defend and to come out and you know yeah so you come out armed and 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 you're just you're just there you're just showing a uh, you're showing a a show of of support so i'm in favor of all that i am really glad i thank god it didn't descend into you know either side shooting i say either side you know advisedly because these are americans the the soldiers that are there you know, they're they, they're probably Nevadans. They're, they 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 live there. Uh, these are not bad people, in my view. Okay, they are they're 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 working for the federal government. They're in law enforcement. They're they have rules of engagement. They have orders. I I am horrified to see any kind of violence break out there. It doesn't need to over tortoises and grazing fees. Okay, this isn't over yet, obviously, though. Let's come back, and, and I want to talk also about Senator Harry Reid, uh, his son-in-law, his involvement in this Chinese energy company, a little more detail, and whether perhaps things like Agenda 21 are playing into this, you know, protecting the tortoises on this land. Uh, we'll uh, discuss further the showdown at the Bundy Ranch with David Capillion from Whistleblower Magazine and World Net Daily right here on The Conspiracy Show. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, the website richardserrett.com, S-Y-R-E-T-T. Uh, we're talking with David Capillion from WorldNet Daily, and he is also the editor of Whistleblower Magazine, and we are discussing the continuing saga of the uh, Bundy Ranch, where Cliven Bundy, Nevada rancher, 
facing off against the Bureau of Land Management uh, for non-payment fines and penalties of, uh, for grazing fees that he's in arrears, somewhere to the tune of a million dollars. And, of course, this has escalated uh, to basically, at one point, an armed standoff when the Bureau of Land Management, faced with members of the Oklahoma militia and others in support of Clive and Bundy, uh, blinked, basically, and returned the impounded cattle uh, to Clive and Bundy and his family. Uh, then there is... Uh, senior, the senior senator from Nevada, Harry Reid, who is also the Senate Majority Leader, a Democrat, uh, and this he was the subject of your uh, your article, David, Harry's War, uh, and I, I, you touched on it earlier, but I want to go a little deeper into uh, what's going on and and uh, with with Reid's family, Harry Reid's family, and why he may have an ulterior motive in in uh, getting Bundy off Bundy off the land. Yeah, I think he's got multiple ulterior motives, Richard. Uh, I mean, the BLM head, uh, Neil uh, Cornsey, I guess his name is, is uh, happens to have been Harry Reid's former aide for, for eight years. He, um, he, so, so Harry Reid is very much tied up in the BLM. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I mentioned earlier the Judge Janine um uh, opening monologue on her show over the weekend. I, I urge people to listen to that because she really nailed it. And in about 10 minutes, you can hear a great deal. But in essence, what she said is that um, Harry Reid's son helped the Chinese to locate this acreage uh, where they're going to build this uh, largest solar energy complex in America. And I think they paid $4.5 million, she said. And Harry Reid is friends with the head of the Chinese company who hosted Harry when he visited China and all this, this stuff, okay? Uh, you know, I just want to digress. You said earlier, talking about the oligarchy report, okay, the special interest groups, you know, with business interests are, who are really steering what happens in the country. That was the report was saying that the average person has little or no influence on the direction right. of the country. Right. That's what we're talking about here. This is, oh, well, it's the turtles. I mean, the tortoises, it's the this, it's the that, you know, it's, it's the, the blue-tailed gnat, you know. No, it's Harry Reid's, you know, personal business interest. So what, what Janine was saying, this is the, the latest, is that uh, Harry's son-in-law is in this firm that represents this Chinese company that wants to develop this big solar energy complex in Nevada, and that Bundy's cattle happened to be on the land that was designated uh, in, in writing, and she, she said that the document's been taken down, but apparently they have a copy of the document, uh, designated by the BLM as the mitigation area, meaning this is the safe place for the tortoises. If they can't be here where you're going to have the, uh, the, the, the um, solar energy field, they have to be over where uh, the Bundys have been grazing their cattle for, for generations, okay? And that that's what you have to do for the solar energy project to move forward. And so, anyway, that's she, she is more knowledgeable on that than I am, and she was very incisive as a former prosecutor, and she did it in the terms of, of making an indictment. She gave point by point of the indictment. So if people want to know about that, that's the best, most up-to-date source I know right now. And can I just mention one more thing about the racism? Yeah, I want to get into that. Absolutely, yes. Because I, first of all, it's it's completely irrelevant. Okay, uh, let's let's suppose that let's suppose Clavin Bundy was a Muslim. Okay, it, it it is a fact that most Muslims 
Well, let's just not make it controversial. Let's just say many Muslims do not like Jews. Okay, it's a cultural, religious thing. There's a okay? conflict, there's, absolutely, there. Okay, yes. so supposing he were a Muslim, would the New York Times be saying, "Wait a minute, there's a big, there's a big deal here. Stop the presses. Uh, Clive and Bundy does not like Jews." Okay, because he's a Muslim, and, and he, he no, that would not be a factor. You can, this is not, a, and Clive and Bundy is not set up as the, the you know, the be all and end all, and the expert and and uh, on uh, of wisdom on all things. This is about this issue. But having said that, okay, uh, I, I don't. I've looked into this. I've listened to the tapes. Anybody who has a computer on the, on the internet can watch the actual statements that he made. It's all there, and we have it. On, it's at the bottom of my article, Harry's War. Um, and I've heard other things. I've, we have interviewed uh, family members, the secretary, and so forth. My own daughter uh, did an interview with the secretary there. and said, "No, we think slavery is horrible. Uh, this is this is craziness." Okay, but here's the point. What he was saying, in a, in, a, in a very awkward way, and his kids will say, my dad is not the most articulate speaker. Okay, he's a good guy, he's a principal guy, but he, he's not a great speaker. Uh, he's like Moses who needs Aaron, okay? <laughs> Except the points that he made are exactly the same points that a lot of the, the black conservatives like Star Parker, we published a book uh, by Star Parker called Uncle Sam's Plantation. This is a point that is made by many more articulate black conservatives that liberal progressive government has destroyed blacks destroyed the family like detroit and other big cities these have all been run for a hundred years by liberal administrations and look what they have done to black people this is not some new breaking news this these are points that have been made many many times by virtually all of the the main black the the the, the, the Thomas Souls the Shelby Steeles the Walter Williams uh, the Star Parkers the the Jesse Petersons Dr. Ben Carson black conservatives make these points right. and that's what he was saying all right we'll take another time out come back and uh, yeah I, I want to pull some excerpts from what he actually did say that didn't make it into the New York Times uh, back with more of my conversation with David Kupilian as we discuss standoff at the Bundy Ranch right here on the Conspiracy Show don't go away the truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Uh, we are here with David Capillian from Whistleblower Magazine, WorldNet Daily, and uh, the author of the best-selling uh, The Marketing of Evil, which is uh, featured on uh, the front page of richardserrett.com in our uh, DVD and book pick of the week. Uh, now, going back to uh, Cliven Bundy's uh, controversial remarks... Uh, that were carried in the New York Times and uh, really out of context. Uh, and I think this is important to point out because a lot of people have jumped ship now. They no longer care what happens to the Bundy family and they no longer care whether the Bureau of Land Management gets to run roughshod over, you know, ranchers in that area because he said some things that uh, a lot of people found disturbing. And, you know, even people, conservative commentators like Sean Hannity now totally distanced themselves and I think it's cowardice really. Um, but let's let's take a look at what he said uh, while the tape was running, and he talked about he made those comments which you've uh, summarized about about slavery, and I, I think his wording was to say the least very un, un, uh, unfortunate. But he also said Americans don't want to go back to the days where people did not have freedom. I was in the Watts riot. I seen the beginning fire and I seen the last fire. What I seen is civil disturbance. People are not happy. People is thinking they did not have their freedom. They didn't have these things, and they didn't have them. 
We've progressed quite a bit from that day until now and sure don't want to go back. We sure don't want, and then he uses, you know, an unfortunate term, the colored people, to go back to that point. We sure don't want the Mexican people to go back to that point. And we can make a difference right now by taking care of some of these bureaucracies and do it in a peaceful way. And then he goes on to say, David, now let me talk about the Spanish people. You know, I understand that they come over here against our constitution and cross our borders, but they're here and they're people. And I've worked side by side with a lot of them. Don't tell me they don't work and they don't, and don't tell me they don't pay taxes. And don't tell me they don't have better family structure than most of us white people. When you see those Mexican families, they're together. They picnic together. They're spending their time together. And I'll tell you in my way of thinking, they're awful nice people. Does that sound like someone with hatred in his heart? Does that sound like an avowed racist, like someone like this, uh, this Donald Sterling, the owner of the L.A. Clippers? I don't think so. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I mean, you know, to me, so, look, here's the problem. We have a big national sin of we had slavery in this country. You had segregation, okay? So that is a guilt, okay? So people play on those guilts, and we are the left uses racism as a battering ram to, you know, if you're critical of Barack Obama about anything, you're a racist. So we, we're, we're almost to where we can't even tell, you know, and we're just not even objective anymore because we're so sensitive to the charge. <clears throat> but using the term colored people, Negro, I mean, yeah, they're old terms, but, you know, I think we still have the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People and the United Negro College Fund. I mean, we, we haven't, like, changed those names yet. They're, it's not like using the N-word. They're just old-time terms, and he's an old-time guy. He, he's, he has 14 kids. Only people know that. He has 14 children, and we've talked to a number of them. They say, look, my dad is just, that's the way he is. He talks the way he did, you know, a, a generation ago. He's, 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 he's not a... He, it was one good comment I saw in one of the articles we did. The person, this is a guy without guile. Okay, he's just he's just saying it the way he sees it, and inarticulate, inelegant. But you have to discern what is the heart. Do you, like you just said, Richard, does this sound like a venal person with a bad motive, a bad heart? It doesn't to me. No. In fact, his his bodyguard is an African American who said, "I will take a bullet for Cliven Bundy. I look up to him like a grandfather, and he's t- treated me with nothing but love and kindness and hospitality." Yeah, God bless him. Oh, so this is, as Harry Reid said, this is not the end. Uh, where do you see this going from here? I mean, what's the next step? Well. You know, the, you mentioned Sean Hannity. Okay, yeah, I know he backed off uh, from his supporting uh, Bundy in terms of the racism thing. But I have to tell you, Hannity and uh, Greta, I would say, very likely are the ones who averted a a huge tragedy by having the glare of the TV lights out there. Everything that was happening happened for the whole country to watch, and that was a part that really helped with the restraint on the part of the, the the participants on both sides. We don't want it to go back to that. Uh, th- there's a lot of light being shed on this. When you have sunlight, you know, that, that can help things go in a good direction. Um, whether it's going to go back to the, the brink where you have, you know, the militia people there and they bring the armed troops and the snarling dogs back, uh, nobody knows, okay? Only Harry Reid and the, <laughs> the people, the BLM and the, whoever they're listening to know. We're going to have to wait. But I think the fact that there's so much light shed on this and that they can't, it's not going to happen in the dark. The TV cameras are out there. Uh, and, um, you know, hope, hopefully that will be, that will be the, uh, the factor that will allow it to, you know, allow the, 
the the cockroaches to go back under the refrigerator, you know, because the lights are on and they uh, they won't go and they we won't have a, a shootout and we won't have uh, Bundy's rights being trampled. Look, all they have to do, uh, you see Napolitano, the judge, former Superior Court judge on Fox every night saying, this is stupid. All they have to do is slap a lien on his property. You know how long it takes the government to spend a million dollars? Nine seconds. This is not about a million dollars, okay? This is about power and intimidation and making an example uh, of, of, of the Bundy family. And I don't think people should allow it to happen. But, I, you know, between the fact that they, they, you know, you have the TV cameras there and you have a lot of Americans there, I am hopeful that it will go in a different direction. As am I. But let me ask you, and, and may, I, I don't think I'm overstating this, but maybe I am. I'm wondering if this standoff, this situation that's playing out, uh, is sort of a watershed moment. Okay, maybe it's not the Boston Tea Party. But I'm wondering if there is this groundswell of, of people who are fed up with what they perceive as an abuse of power um, you know, by uh, branches of the government. And whether there is being a, there is a line being drawn here in the sand, and as you say, let's hope this does not end violently. Uh, but, I mean, there is the potential that this could erupt into something greater. What, what, what are your thoughts? Am I overstating it? Is this a watershed moment? I, I, possibly, but I mean, the thing is that, that it, because it has tremendous sort of uh, iconic uh, symbolism to it. You know, he's a, the, the rancher. You know, this is, this is why Marlboro became the best-selling cigarette because it was associated with the Marlboro man. I make that point in the marketing of evil. It's, it's an association. He's a very likable character, even putting this whole uh, flap over alleged racism aside. You know, he, he's an aging cattle rancher. He's got 14 children. They're loyal. They love him. They're out there. Uh, we, we don't want to see federal officers coming and tasering his kids, as, as happened. Uh, a lot of people, look, I'm in the news business. A lot of people write us and say, what can we do? We see our country going down the drain at 300 miles an hour. What can we do? So here is an instance where people are doing something. They, they naturally rise to the occasion to go and defend him and just to stand in solidarity. And people say, well, he's breaking the law. I say, you know what? There's a thing called civil disobedience. Uh, Gandhi embraced it. Martin Luther King embraced it. This is how we how the, the 60s civil rights movement actually came to in, into into a successful fruition and was through uh, peaceful peaceful civil disobedience so there is a place for strategically breaking the law you're going to get arrested you don't complain because you're doing it so you can get arrested uh, there, th that kind of thing there's a potential for that and that's very powerful influence in awakening the conscience of a nation you have good people getting arrested, committing civil disobedience. I'm not talking about shooting. That would be a huge mistake, a huge tragedy. And people go out there and they start shooting some federal agents. They are falling right into the trap that has been set by them. That is exactly deep down what certain people want, because they want, as I said before, to validate this, this sick left-wing narrative that it is the right the conservatives, the traditional Americans with traditional Judeo-Christian values that are the violent, uh, anti-social ones. And so we, we want to have restraint. We don't want to give in uh, to the anger and the frustration. We need to be strong, but we need to, be, we need to have self-control. Do you think Bundy should, should uh, tell the, the militias, if you want to come, leave your weapons at home so that this doesn't escalate, but they can still show their support, form a human chain or whatever they need to do? I think that would be a good idea. 
I think he needs to show some, some leadership there. Because I can tell you right now, there is no way in heaven or hell that any number of militia people are going to outshoot the, the federal government. Okay, that is an absolute insane pipe dream. All that's going to lead to is the shedding of innocent blood on both sides and, uh, and, and as I said, validating the, le- the left-wing delusion that it is normal conservative soccer moms, you know, Boy Scout Americans that are the, the violent ones. Okay, that is, that is a, a huge mistake. So that's my warning. All right. Now, in, in the meantime, what we have um, uh, coming up in May, and I, I, I don't know if you've been uh, covering this at WorldNet Daily. I, 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 think you've, I think I've seen some articles on there about this Operation American Spring where you have a number of retired um, uh, U.S. military officers who are trying to organize um, not even a million-man march on, on Washington, but they're, they're looking for uh, you know, maybe 10 million uh, uh, people to march on Washington uh, and demand, um, uh, you know, the resignation of uh, President Obama and, and the Vice President and um, uh, Boehner, the, um, uh, the, uh, the the leader in the uh, in the House, uh, Eric Holder, and so forth. Um, what do you think of? Uh, have you been following that? And what do you think of this uh, Operation American Spring, which I believe they're, they're talking about May 16th? They want this march on Washington occupation. As long as it is. Nonviolent and is dignified. Ten million, the more the better. Fifteen, twenty million. It's absolutely legal, constitutional, and in the finest tradition of of uh, you know American freedom of speech and assembly to go and do that. These people that are running the country right now are lawless. This is not even a controversial statement I'm making. They're absolutely lawless. Okay, and to have. A large number of people go to Washington and to circle the White House and just to stay there in shifts and to, you know what, you could even do it like um, uh, Joshua going around the um, uh, Jericho. Just march around, don't, don't, just in silence, okay? March in silence and great dignity, but you have thousands and thousands of people circling the White House, circling Washington. Uh, the, the, the presence of those people and their dignity, the fact that they are not freaking out, okay, but they are standing there and they're watching and they are like sentinels, that would freak out the, the White House. And uh, so, yes, I'm all for uh, exercising our constitutional rights in a, in a, you know, in a dignified, nonviolent way. I think it's effective and worth doing. All right, David, before we say goodnight, uh, what are you working on these days? Your next article or a new book? Oh, I, 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 I think I've got a book that's gestating right now, but I don't talk about it yet. But it's, it'll, it'll be kind of like the third in the trilogy of the, uh, the marketing of evil and how evil works. And then, of course, Whistleblower Magazine is our monthly print publication. And um, anybody, if they want to, they can just look at whistleblowermagazine.com and they can go and they can read all about that. Uh, that's always got very, very interesting stuff that uh, we try to connect all the dots in a way that uh, people don't see anywhere else. And, of, of course, uh, WND used to be World Net Daily, and now we go to the corporate three-letter WND.com, uh, like Kentucky Fried Chicken is now KFC, so we're, 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 we're WND. Uh, it, the world, the country, 
is in so much on fire. The news is so amazing. Uh, you you got to go and check it out. Well, I appreciate the work that you do at uh, Whistleblower, certainly, and uh, WND. Uh, I follow your columns regularly, and I appreciate your time tonight, David. Thanks for having me on, Richard. I enjoyed it. My pleasure. David Kapillion, and uh, there you go. The Bundy saga continues, and we'll continue to talk about that in the uh, the weeks ahead, I'm sure. Uh, listen, I want to draw your attention very quickly to the website, The Conspiracy Show, or sorry, uh, richardserrett.com which is the website for The Conspiracy Show, richardserrett.com. As you know, a couple of months back, relaunched it, uh, sort of made uh, some changes. I wanted to mention a couple of things. Now, for the first time in quite a while, you can go into the past shows and actually uh, click on a link there where you can listen to that past show. We're in the stages of getting uh, all of the programs sort of going back to about 2011, all connected to an audio file. So when you go to the, the previous shows, you'll simply have to click on a button and you'll be able to listen to that past show. The other thing is, still looking for subscribers to the, uh, the website. Uh, I want to get it to a critical mass of 500 subscribers before I launch my uh, e-newsletter. And uh, we're still a couple of hundred away. So get on to richardserrett.com, subscribe. Get to that 500 magic number, and I'll start uh, delivering that weekly newsletter, e-newsletter. Help me out with that. Thank you so much. In the meantime, follow the truth.